0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Waramai and Wanarrua peoples. We acknowledge the Waramai and Wanarrua elders, both past and present.
1: for the Newcastle Knights. Darren Tracy's first touch of the footy. Now Andrew John. fights a little hole himself. He's He right. reaches out. That's a try to Andrew John. Bruce free from the little halfback and that's a good reward for a great game. It is Debut match for the
0: Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew John scores the try and that should wrap it up for the night. This coming to you live from Warramai and Wannarua lands. It's the Bay 53 podcast, part of the Sports Best Friends podcasting network, brought to you by Breno and the K-Dog. It was a magnificent win on Mother's Day in the Hunter with the Knights proving triumphant over the Gold Coast Titans. And the win in and of itself on the day doesn't even tell the full tale. It had been a fortnight of uh, speculation and innuendo about what the Knights were doing in their spare time. The, com- the, the conversation just continues about what is Kalen Ponga's best position and what's the one thing in sport that is always guaranteed to fix anything – that's right. It's a win. So hot off that victory, your good friends, Bretto and the K-Dog, they were sat front and centre in Bay 53 to see it all happen on Sunday. But there's so much more to talk about. Bretto, how good was Sunday? How good was Rugby League? Is Rugby League back, baby? Because I got to tell you, I reckon it is.
1: I think we've saved Rugby League, to be honest with you, mate. I think we've saved the game.
0: You know, the, whether it's... Grand finals, whether it's, you know, just the height of its popularity. The Knights, you know, are always going to be there to remind you just how great the greatest game of all truly is.
1: I, I believe it's actually written in the laws of the game. The game's not good if the Knights aren't
0: good. Well, it has to be, yeah. When yeah. when Newcastle's strong, Rugby League is strong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um. It's been a while since you and I last but When did you and I last speak, actually? Oh, I think... Probably about three weeks ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so I, th- I think you and I recorded just after the Penrith game when hopes were high. <laughs> and a lot has happened since then. And yet it's funny because the next time <laughs> we're recording, um, hopes are possibly higher, but you'd you you just you wouldn't know it from everything that sort of happened in the three weeks between you know you had the the heartbreaking loss against the howblers you had the devastating loss against the um the eels you had the weeks of just all the coverage about what the players were doing in their spare time and um yeah to sort of come out the other end of just celebrating a win and a good win at that it feels good like it just feels really good as a supporter
1: yeah, and, and, and that's not something that we've sort of been caught at. When <laughs> when the blowtorch has been on us is when we've wilted. Mm. That was kind of the thing I was most happy with on the weekend was the performance was pretty good, but the blowtorch was right on us. And the, and you now we, we were down multiple times. We are down in the second half again, and they kept finding something. So to me, that was the encouraging part of it.
0: We're obviously going to analyse... You know, by the second, what happened on Sunday afternoon. I want to finish on the good stuff, though, because um, you just you can't ignore it. You have to talk about it. Um, the two weeks that did lead up to it, particularly, um, given the knights had the buy round during Magic Round, mate. What is going on? Why? Why is, Why are the knights just not allowed to do anything? Without it being the biggest issue, the the worst thing that you can possibly do in rugby league. Well, why is it that Knights players just can't go about their free time um, without without it being front and centre in the news cycle?
1: I think a big part of it is that we're a soft target. There's no real blowback. You know, if they if the media just go after us, they, you know, we're not a Sydney team. We're not a big market team. Like, there's not a lot of blowback. Um, yeah, and I also think that, you know, and this has changed since Peter Parr's got there, but, you know, Phil Gardner used to bite. So the media went after us. Phil had come out with, you know, press conferences and ridiculous statements and, you know, and they'd get more traction. But the club played it perfect. They just, you know, barely said a word about it. Parry calmed it down and went, we're fine with it. Who cares? You know, and the, the players answered. It was actually the, um, the perfect response. Ooh,
0: oh, oh, it's easy to blame the media for that, and I am going to. I think, unfortunately, though, fans do play a part in that as well because historically, and you and I have talked about that dysfunctional relationship that exists between Knights fans and the club, historically, Knights fans have been so noisy about their discontent, there's always there's almost been that uh, sort of inclination by the club to feel that they have to say something just to calm people down, and so it's been interesting. It was interesting to watch, as you say, where the club just shut up shop. They're like... We've got nothing to say on this topic, and um, it, it, it's funny because we, we did a post through the pod account on Twitter um, after, you know, the the Barley 13, which, which was reduced to one, was first revealed, and we sort of said, look, we don't really care what they do in their spare time, you know, but the problem is now is that having done what they've done, and it wasn't even doing what everyone thought they were doing, but the pressure's now on because if you lose, well, that blowtorch is just going to go up another notch, so... Um, the club, I don't think they took a risk, but certainly once the blowtorch was applied, they would have been like, "Right, we well, need to win this weekend. Because if you don't want to put up with that for another week or for the rest of the season, you've got to put it out on the park.
1: Yeah, and I think that would have definitely been the message coming from the coaching staff and the club as a whole to the players. You know, we've backed you. We, we've not told you to cancel your holidays because you are so insipid against Parramatta. We've backed the... What the original plan was is the right plan. You do what you want to do, but you better be back ready to play because we cannot lose that next game, or you guys are going to get roasted for
0: months. I haven't really had a chance to, or you haven't really had a chance to share your thoughts on the Eels game because, obviously, if we win the Eels game, you know they can go them, they can go to the moon for all we sort of care. It was the fact that it was off such a bad loss and a loss of that nature that you really did sort of start to spiral into that, you know, that negativity when you're like, well, you guys have just, you didn't even put in, you don't care. You're obviously thinking about this, you know, as a fan, how how, how do you really um, process all of that? Or how, do, how as fans should we maybe be a bit more mature to sort of, you know, take that all in, and just you know, even um, compartmentalise it. Go, what happened on the game happened in the game. What the players are doing in their spare time is what they're doing in their spare time. Maybe the two aren't necessarily always related.
1: The what the, the the thing that amazed me when in terms of getting out of control was actually after the Parramatta game, Adam O'Brien was questioned about, you know, do you need the buy? Blah blah blah. Um, you know, are the players going to be trained, you know, to trade throughout the buy because you've played so poorly? And he laid it out on the table then and there. He said, This is our big block of games in the season. We've got to give them a week and a bit off this time. They're going to train through the next because we've got basically three buys in six weeks. That won't change because that's been the plan. That's what the medical staff have told us the best for the players. The players have organised their time around that. The staff have organised their time around that. We'll stick with it, but it's on the players to come back ready to play. So that's right. So I thought, oh, beautiful. He 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 nibbed that. It was only the fact that Bradman comes out with the picture of being in Bali that it all blew up. But I actually think the club handled it really well. And and as a fan, you know, I'm as emotional as anybody. I was devastated with how we played at Parramatta. But I was really ready to go. Okay, that was so bad. And these guys have got a bit of credit in the bank. We've got to say, well, this is so the one-off. If if they fix it against the Titans. We can say this was just a one-off. You know, they've had a big run of games. Paramount of the Daniel Skiers uh, Champions of the World. We, <laughs> and we, you know, because it, we were so bad. You know, it's so not just we were poor. We were pathetically bad. You know, a good team would have put eighty on us that day. Well, yeah, so would, I just, yeah. so I just thought to myself, it's just one of the. You know, we were still a, a club that's mentally fragile. They've gone in. They're thinking about their week off. It's not good enough. But if it's one week, I'll cop it on the chin. And you know, as it turns out. It was the right move,
0: right? So you've mentioned Bradman. Bradman posts uh, to his Instagram live story, and I, I think we'll, we'll we'll stick with the Bradman sort of uh, centerpiece for this story. Let's let's ride that right through to the end. If he doesn't post the Insta live story uh, at the at the resort, does it? Is this even a story? Is, is that? And I'm, I'm not. Like-
1: it's probably it's probably a, a shh in Buddy Buzz Ruffield's column
0: yeah all right okay now yeah. this is not to blame bradman as well i think he did what a, per- what a perfectly normal thing that any 21 year old would do absolutely. when they are in bali
1: absolutely um
0: but if he doesn't put post- all right so it now it now becomes a story so it gets picked up the knights are in bali you know uh, uh channel nine are running with it you know gus is lambasting it um fox are all over it you know a certain nrl 360 host was pretty judgmental about it I, I, like what do you say like it's is that something now that we should really just expect when it comes to rugby league media now is it is it really yeah, just a case that's so
1: far gone yeah yeah
0: you, you've got two choices now if you want to be involved in rugby league do whatever it is that you want to do and just know that you have to deal with the blowback or if you can't handle the blowback anymore then you need to behave in a certain way to make sure that that doesn't happen. And that still doesn't
1: matter. If you, if, you, if they're going to have an ag- agenda against you, they're going to have an agenda against you. There's plenty of players that do a lot wrong that don't get talked about in the media. It's simply it's simply agendas. Bradman, is Bradman you know, he's always been a high-profile player, especially as a Knights player. He's one of the more high-profile Knights players because he had that reputation from, like, you know, as a 14, 15-year-old. Mm. So, um, and I kind of think that, to me, the, the, the big thing was that not one of them asked. Not one not one of them asked, why is he there?
0: So I want to get, to, yeah. A lot of just, the excuses that were sort of dished out about this was that, oh, well, we weren't told otherwise. You know, we, we well, nobody gave us the facts. And I'm like, well, hang on. Since when has it, I, I was. Always, there, there, a, there were no facts know. to give. It was, it was, it was one photo but this is even more the fact I was always of the understanding this is see this is how cooked general media coverage has now gotten is that we really do live in an age of print now ask questions later because nobody wants to miss out no one wants to be one upped on the scoop. And I'm like, how did we get to that? There was, I swear it was as recent recent as five, 10 years ago where there was a concern. Hey, if we say something publicly, We better be damn sure that it's correct because we don't want to get in trouble for it. So when did that shift from this, oh, we'll just say whatever we want now and the facts will look after themselves? Because what we've heard so much is that, oh, well, nobody told us otherwise. Like, no, you're in the media. It's your job to find out otherwise. It's it's, It's literally their job. Their job is to report the facts.
1: And then if they get the facts wrong, it's then to correct the thing. And our good friend Harvey G pointed out the problem with the 24-hour media cycle now is that they don't need to correct themselves because the cycle just moves on.
0: Well, not only does it move on, but it's sort of um, – well, yeah, no. It's, it's um, because – so it's gone from a, a, sna- a still shot or, sorry, a live story by Bradman to suddenly the whole team's in Bali, to suddenly you find out – oh, hang on. There's only a few of them over. At one point, I thought there were three or four. There was one. Bradman was the only one in Bali. There were a couple of other guys in Fiji. Um, Frizzell took his family to Tasmania. Um, But what really irritated me about this whole thing was the line, well, you know, after a performance like that, why aren't the players back at the club training? And what do we find out? Kalen Ponga has spent the last two weeks back in Newcastle training his backside off, getting ready for the Titans game. And yet that was never mentioned. Never mentioned once. What
1: you know, and what I and I've got new respect for the club in this regard. The guys that went away were the guys that earned it. Oh Jacko, yeah, Bradman, Frizz, D. saf The guys that had earned a break, that had worked their backside off through the injuries of the other teammates, and tried their hard out were the guys. That were away enjoying family time, enjoying time with partners, enjoying some sun, you know, in the in the cold months. And the guys that needed to train, like KP, Adam Ellie who not play because he was rehabbed, the guys that needed to train went home training. Like it was done perfectly. That's exactly what you would want from your club. The guys that just earn a rest got a rest. The guy that needed to train trained. What else could they could they have done? It was just, as I said, like. I, I made a, co- a comment on Twitter yesterday, like under a post, um, that I love these guys because to me that was like they've got it now. They finally understand how to be professional rugby league players.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, and I just I'm so I'm so disappointed with how quickly our fans jumped on that hatred bandwagon. Because you go to Facebook and according to Facebook, KP was seen in nightclubs in Bali and blah blah blah. And- <laughs>
0: The disappointment, though. Uh, I mean, you and I—we're we, going to talk about a, t- a topic that's pretty close to our hearts. And the disappointment, though, it for me, and I've been—I've been really back and forth about this a lot over the past week. It wasn't so, you know, this, the speculation from those who are outside the club. It's not that you can you, you can you can handle it, but you come to expect it. Like you sort of think. Well, Gus Gould, you know, he'll take any opportunity he can to get his club ahead. You know, he he he, um, is acting on behalf of the Bulldogs. Yeah, all right, Take a shot at the Knights. The comments, though, that sort of came to light that you and I were aware of. I mean, look, I've got to preface this, and um, well, no, I'll hand it over to you. Actually, I'll let you have your say because I I I still don't know how to sort of verbalise it, but. Of all the comments that were made during the whole whole thing, surely the ones that um, that Joey had to give on the topic, they were the they were the ones that actually, in the end, in hindsight, cut the deepest. Yeah,
1: you're you, you're absolutely right. Like I'm so disappointed, in Andrew. You know, we all love him; he's the goat. But my word, the, for two for two reasons, Andrew knew, Andrew would have known the facts. In terms of all the things that goes on the club, Andrew's part of the club; he knows the facts. So all the all the speculation channel and I were coming out with Andrew knew what was the truth and what wasn't and he didn't correct anybody disappointing he he, he then he then ju- he then used his pulpit to to jump on the KP positional thing and you know and gets it completely wrong in terms of the club's stance on it he then goes back in for a second dip at the club about the not training hard enough and then i still have an Andrew Andrew come out and say I was wrong
0: look Andrew Johns is the greatest rugby league player I've ever seen in my life. I I still haven't seen anyone sort of close to that. No
1: one will be better than Andrew Johns.
0: And my love for Joey runs so deep. So I mean, I'm I'm talking with Statue Guy all the time. Like, hey, statue guy, where's the statue? He's like, hey man, the statue's coming, all right? You've got to calm down. It's Newcastle. These things take time. So, you know, I am I'm in I am emotionally invested in the greatness of Andrew Johns. So that's actually the reason why his words actually hurt the most. But it's not even the fact that Okay, so maybe he got something wrong about what the players were doing. Uh, okay, Maybe he expressed an opinion, you know, that's hyper speculated that I don't actually disagree that I actually don't agree with. The thing about what Joey said though, was uh, I just, and I still can't process it now when I think back on it, is I was like, have you has has he forgotten? like has he forgotten that quickly or what it was like? The pressure that he and not, and I'm not saying, oh, you know, players, you know, in general, no, him specifically.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. the pressure that we used to be placed on him every time he sort of looked sideways. You know, the yeah. guy falls asleep at an airport and it blows up into this story. Yeah. And I was just yeah. like, you
1: know what? I, I still, I still thought when all that went down and he jumped on that bandwagon, I still actually thought like the amount of times Joey said, I was entitled to enjoy my free time. I yes. was under a lot of pressure. I played every single minute I could play in the rugby league field. I was entitled to my time off. And then he jumps on that other bandwagon, like, Andrew, come on, son.
0: And specifically with this idea of going overseas to Bali, of all places, I'm like, this is a guy who was under so much pressure in 1996. He said, I need to take time out from the game. And he went overseas. (laughs) Yep. And I was like, some of these players are actually almost doing exactly what you did. And it led you to a premiership. And I was, and that's why I was just, I, I, again, it's, it's not that I necessarily had anything against Joey for it. It was just I was like, what's, what, what's going on here? Like, is he, is he, is he doing a bit? It just seems so unbelievable that he, you know, I could cop it from Freddie, I could cop it from uh, Danny White, like, yeah, but him of all people to be saying that i just look joey if you're listening and i know you're not but you know we love you and uh we we know that you've got the club's best interest at heart it's just yeah that was that was really the one out of all of the speculation for two I weeks found straight. It, i
1: found it really interesting that joey's been really sort of defensive of both bradman and kp joey, mm. joey's always been you know when the hype train of bradman was coming through joey's always like don't destroy this kid, you know, like he's great. We need him to be at the club. Let's not, you know, let's not run him out of town. Mm. And then the chance that they're all trying to run him out of town, Joey jumps on it. I'm like,
0: <laughs> and it's funny, funny. you know, and it's funny, you know, because our good friend of the pod, Maitland Mumbler, was like, what surprised him in the end was, well, how hard would it have just been, just been to say, hey, look, it's one bad week why don't we just see what happens after that and uh, we'll deal with it then. And I was like, I'll tell you exactly how hard it would have been. Not very hard at all. Cause Peter Parr literally came out. Yep. The one thing he did talk about was like, we're not throwing the baby out. With, and he was directly talking about KP positionally. But when you think about it more generally, he was like, we're talking about one really bad performance here. Okay. We've had a few more losses than we like, but it's actually only really been one truly bad performance. We're staying the course. And Absolutely. I was like, and I was like, that's that's such an easy line for anyone within the club to maintain. Why weren't they? So yeah, just oh, yeah. It's, um, it really sort of it just that that's the part in the whole thing that in the end you look back on it, particularly with the way it turns out, where we find out through a journalist who did their job by actually asking Bradman, hey, what did you do over in Bali? Ratty's going overseas to build a house for someone. Yep,
1: <laughs> it's just... yep. Get a tatted a guy that he trusted, that he, did he tats previously, and went and helped a local family build a house. You prick.
0: And that's that is just absurd to me because one Channel Nine media personality was like, "Oh, I'm going to build up this story about this other club going to do these things for for those without, and you know, away from their club." And I'm like, and and tag the knights in the in the story. Yeah, to rub it in. And the guy you were literally lambasting for going and having a piss up overseas was doing exactly that. No, no, the Dolphins were purely doing rugby league clinics. Brad was actually doing fucking oh, building yeah. housing for people. Like, come on, they're not the same. It's yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. So you come full circle in it and it's, it again, it's easy to forget that, you know, a week in rugby league is a long time, but with rugby league, it's the journey and or it's like if you're watching a parade, you know, sometimes when the parades go and park, when you're right in the midst, it's fucking loud, man. But even that parade will pass eventually. But the thing about the rugby league is it's a really long parade, but you sort of get to the back of it and you watch the parade off in the distance and you're like, what the fuck did I just watch for the last two weeks? Like, it's just been so absurd the way it started with the loss to the way it's finished with the revelations and the win. It's been a a remarkable two weeks for the Newcastle Knights, and we thought it would be boring because we weren't playing at Magic Round. (laughs) I I do
1: hope that it was a chance for the players to circle the wagons and go us against the world because that's when the Newcastle Knights are at their best, when it's Sydney Media versus us.
0: You are listening to the Bay 53 Podcast. Okay so look let us put that put that behind us now like that's happened and the speculation has been done and you know you and I were very nervous about well look after 2 weeks of that how is this team going to respond so I'll ask you at what point at what point um did you start to think that the Knights were a chance on Sunday afternoon uh, against the Titans was it during the game was it before the game was it when the full siren went I was I was confident
1: before the game because of our home record against the Titans recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, the, when when we scored that try at halftime, KP did a did bit, bit of magic. Then I was confident we'd win. Even though we then went behind again in the second, the second half, I, I just thought we played really poorly here and it's 12-all,
0: you know, we'll win this. And we did. So and you know that I woke up confident. Like I, for, for some unknown reason, I think something sort of, settled over me towards the end of last week there were two there were two reasons well no three i'll I'll leave the third one the the third one is left to the end from for for reasons there are three reasons really why i was um, um confident the first one was what you've pointed out the knights and the titans they don't do things differently at home the home team always wins and, and I just thought, I just thought if there's ever going to be a team that this Knights team wants to face coming off two weeks of speculation, it's a Titans team that regardless of the form they're in is a team that they should always have confidence with. You know, we got our first win of the season in 2017 against the Titans. So, um, so that was, that, that was the first part of the conference. The second part, the, the second part of my confidence was essentially what you just said as well. I was like, they have such. This is such a great opportunity, not to prove uh, uh, people wrong, because remember they'd spent eight weeks proving people wrong, but to get back some of that momentum. Because remember how we said after the Eels game, this is a team that, in the space of eighty minutes, has gotten rid of all the goodwill that they managed to put together after eight weeks. I mean, we- it's easy to forget going into the going into the Eels game. Eels fans were they were worried. Madison was pulled. You know, they were like, well, the Knights are in some fort. We're fucked. Yeah. So it was an opportunity for that. And if they could see that opportunity and take that opportunity and prove to us that they are a new team, I was like, this is the game that they're going to do it. The third reason, though, is – well, actually, no, it's, sorry. There actually is four reasons. The third reason, though, is I, I just knew it in my heart. And I'd been saying it to you for days. I was like, KP is going to carve up on Sunday. I, I don't know why I think that. I just maybe it was that pass into the stands that killed that that finally you know emptied the Knights fans out um, against the Eels, I, but there was just something about the way that KP took that loss and the fact that thirty points down he was still trying, he was still trying till the very end. I was like, if KP is the player, I think he is. I think he's going to prove a point on Sunday. So those were the three reasons that going into the game, I was like, and I, I messaged Nagy, I messaged Nagy from the Joust. I said, mate, I don't know why, I think we're going to put eight tries on them on Sunday. And you know, the Knights are a very funny team. Of all the sporting teams that I follow, they're a very funny team because they are the ones that like to let down my big predictions the most. And it, I was so, I was just so pleased to come out the end of it and go, I'm glad that I'm seeing, I'm. I'm glad that I'm finally seeing something in this team that actually exists rather than hoping for it because they proved all three of those things correct come full-time.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely right. The The KP prediction, and you're right, you are way more bullish about KP. I thought <laughs> I, th- I thought it'd be better, but I still thought it was, you know, I didn't think it was going to be anything like that. Um, the KP performance to me, the, the thing that I had confidence in was – the presser after Parramatta, he, he sat there and took his medicine and went, I was poor. I need to be better. There was not one mention of the team needs to be better. Anything other than that. He, he knows the team needs to be better. They all know that. But he was there. I need to be better. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to work hard. And then we find out that he did. He spent two weeks training his backside off. Um that's that to me is the, the well, whole that's KP, leadership. Yeah, the whole KP thing of, you know, he, he doesn't care enough about rugby league, you know, it's not his life. Well, it is his life because he almost had it taken away from him, and I think that's maybe has clicked something in his mind of this could all go away tomorrow. Because mm. there's been a steel in his eyes since he's come back that I haven't seen since I've seen him play rugby league, and um, and the performance he got out of him on Sunday was exactly what you would get out of Andrew Johns after poor performance. Mm. Joey didn't string two bad ones together no. because if he was poor. He died for the next one to be great, and he's always the next one wasn't good. The next one was always great, and then you know, and that's exactly what KP did. So, um, yeah, I I really 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 hope that's the start of the the career we thought he was going to have.
0: The fourth thing I want to mention before as well, and I know this will sound funny considering, I mean, the Titans still scored five tries, uh, three straight weeks of scoring twenty six points, whatever you want to make of that. I I had a lot of confidence though going into this game because I genuinely did think that. That game they played in those horrific conditions, the last game of the round against the Eels at Magic Round, I was like, look, man, that's, you know, you've got whatever the Knights have been doing, what I thought at the time in Bali, you know, whatever they've been doing anywhere, they've got to be fresher coming into Sunday than what the um, Titans just had to do to get, what was it, a four point win over the Eels? Yeah, definitely, right, yeah. Close win over the Eels. I was like, look, I, I think this, I actually think this Titans team is far better than I thought they were going to be. But I was like, that's got to take its toll on you eventually. And I just thought, you know, surely we'll come over the top of the top of that um, as Sunday afternoon sort of goes. And interestingly enough, you know, we scored um, I think we scored six tries to three in the second half. And uh yeah, that was that was ultimately where we won the game.
1: Yeah, and you know, and, and it wasn't just that we yeah, you know, ran over the top of them, but we did it with Really expansive, high paced football, you know. Oh, yeah, we took, we took advantage of the fact that we knew they would be legging the second half. You know, we upped the ante like a good team would. That's what I like, you know. We, we put the foot on the throat, I mean, you know, we killed them off really quickly,
0: mate. Let's you know, I said that uh, um, a week is a long time in rugby league, mate. 80 minutes is a long time in rugby league because as celebratory as we are. Post game, and obviously knowing the result. Oh boy, three seconds into that game, I was not confident at all, mate. Um, it couldn't have started any worse. Like, uh, it was a relatively small crowd, only 13,000, which I think is good for a Titans team that doesn't draw. It was expected to rain, and it was bang, you know, right in when that lunch is hitting for Mother's Day. I thought 13,000 was a good crowd. Um, but the egg certainly got sucked out of the stadium, uh, from that kickoff. Uh, yeah, dreadful start. And it just had to be Bradman involved, didn't it? I did. <laughs> like,
1: like, like, I could almost hear the laptops flick, flippy open of the media up in the box and start writing uh, their stories. Barley Bradman drops the ball. <laughs> <laughs> just, you, know, like um, you, you just watch the ball go over his head, you know, still drinking, thinking about mocktails in, in, um, in the
0: But I mean, you and I agree that was actually Greg Margie's fault because once yeah, Bradman's was. looking backwards... Yeah, I'd rather come forward to it. Yeah, he really should be coming. Anyway, you know, it is what it is. We didn't complete a set. I, think, I don't think we completed any of our first three sets. We were dropping the ball. You know, we, were, we it was just – it wasn't happening at all. And, yeah, you know, it's easy to remember now that we were having flashbacks after three minutes going, it's going to be a long week of news stories about what we did with our time off, eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, It's funny, you know, you look back on the, on the first half, it was a flat first half. Can I ask you something? Do you think they played that way? They were told to play that way, or that was as good as they had in them, given that they'd actually had a couple of weeks off?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a thing of you know being a bit rusty because they've had the, the two weeks off. But I also think that's a bit how we play this year. Yeah. I think I think we try to just stay in the game and stay full of energy at half time. I think, you know, I think basically the game plan is let's have the margin a, a try either way at half time and go from there.
0: Um ultimately a great start though. I mean, Dom Young, like what do you do with Dom Young at the moment? Because he scored the first and last tries of the game. I think in the end we recorded he was a net positive on the game because he scored those two tries. And the first one, no one's scoring that but him. I think you and I thought he'd actually been pushed into touch. We, did, we didn't realise that he'd made it even to the line. But, of course, he then goes back up the field and he still looks like a deer in the headlights when it comes to the high ball to then give the field position. Did he give the field position for for feeder's try or Sammy? So Anyway, the, the Titans scored off the back of one of his errors. um. I mean, you look at how the Roosters are going this year, you kind of start to think maybe they need him him a bit more than we sort of need Dom. But, I mean, do you think we're going to miss Dom next year at this stage? Um,
1: Yeah, he's a good player. I'm not going to say we're not going to miss a good player. But Mm. the thing is, I don't think we're good enough to defend his errors. Yeah. You know, like – and he, the errors will probably come out of his game as he get, you know, gets more experienced. But at this stage, we really struggle to defend his areas. So that, yeah, that's a big area concern. I think the Roosters are you know, able to handle that a little bit better than we do. But, uh, but you know, the, his ability to produce a try out of nowhere, we don't have any else in the team.
0: Hey, you picked up on something that happened early on, though. I just want to go back a little bit again. You picked up on something that happened. One of our early errors. There were shouts for a challenge, but you noticed that D- Daniel Safidi was saying to everyone, "Don't challenge that. You just start tackling, and you fucking get our heads back into the game." And that was an early indication that the attitude, uh, the attitude shift, was there that we sort of needed.
1: Yeah, yeah it was really noticeable. Um, well, I can't remember. I think one of our, I think it might have been Marjorie dropped the ball, <laughs> 50, 50 meters out. You know, and playing the ball, and and there was hands all over the ball, and there was play. Okay, you know, I could see players calling for um, for a challenge, for a challenge, and, and DSAF like literally just glared at all of them and went no tackle, and that was and that was it, and just gave him the best Destiny you've ever seen in your life, and I just thought oh he's
0: on today, mm. he's just going no excuses, you know. Well, he really and, and, was. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say he really was. One hundred sixty meters run only forward to crack a hundred.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he, he was he was immense yesterday.
0: Ah, uh, sorry, on Sunday, Dan. Hey, we had. Um, so it, it's funny now when you think about it, what a turning point um, this actually was—not just in the game, but in you know our existence. So the the Titans are up twelve to six. It's look, it's fair to say it was a fairly uninspiring opening half by the Knights, not because they were bad. But a conversation started behind us between a couple of guys who, in hindsight, possibly nailed it. But, I mean, we still disagreed with them. And they were sort of pointing out – now, they were highlighting KP in particular with this idea. We thought if if he was going to have a crack, it would have been today. You know, where's the captain's knock from him? I don't agree with it from that perspective. But having said that, the team as a whole, you kind of thought – yeah, I thought they'd come out with a bit more fire, you know, maybe not after 10 minutes, maybe, but certainly after 20 minutes, after 30 minutes. And I just thought we'd be hammering the Titans. But there was that air that was sort of starting to fill the stadium. But, yeah, it, it, it was funny. On Sunday, it finally crystallised to me this criticism that I don't think Kalen's ever going to escape. Because as bad as I thought the team was playing – the conversation was, well, what's our $1.8 million man doing today? Why is he just a dummy half passer now? And you and I sort of got a bit fed up listening to this. Like, I, I just sort of turned around. And I said, we're dropping the ball. Tyson Frizzell is giving away stupid penalties. What's Kalen, supposed, Kalen Pong is supposed to do? Like, I get that he, he should be doing more, but he can't help the fact that everyone else is dropping the ball. He can't help the fact that we're giving away stupid penalties. Maybe if we just wait until he has an opportunity with the ball in his hands. Let's see what he does then before we start criticising him. My question to people like that is, so what do you want him to do? Do you want
1: him to do hit-ups? Because if you do hit-ups, you won't get what happened in the second half because his body be wrecked by halftime. Mm. You know, so so he, he wasn't getting any ball because we, we, we had no quality ball. So you know what he did? He went and got in a dummy half and you know, created a little bit of ruck speed around there and and had, had had a go. gave Phoenix a bit of a break, which meant the Phoenix could play more in the second half. He actually did get his hands on the ball, but he didn't try to overplay his hand. He didn't do a guffet where he runs around in circles and, <laughs> be, and and beats nine tackles and goes backwards. He did, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He got in there and, re- and gave Phoenix a rest, got his hands on the ball, and then by doing that, he created the last trial. Like, he did exactly what your $1.5 million man should do. He made a difference.
0: He did make a big difference. So, I mean, you and I now, we agree, and I think everybody agrees, it was the turning point in the game. So not only did we sort of have that conversation, and to their credit behind us, they were just like, oh, you know, we, come on, we just want to see us win, and we just want to see him get in. And we're like, yeah, all right, we sort of get that. So no sooner... Cowards, did that com- cowards.
1: <laughs> where, where were they we in the second half? They were very, very absent. Actually, they didn't even turn up in the second half.
0: <laughs> now, no sooner did that conversation finish, than you and I sat back down, or we turned around, and KP's in at dummy half inside the, the 30, 40-metre attacking zone. And he just starts drifting inside. Now, I want to – actually going to leave it to you because I like I love listening to you describe the play. But what I will tell you is before what happens happens, as he's drifting inside, I I promise you, I actually started to fear the worst. I was like, oh, God, he's running sideways. He's not doing it. And he does the sort of little, you know, dummy inside. I was like, oh, no, we're at that stage. I I really – I didn't know what the hell he was doing. And I was starting to quite, just quietly panic that, oh, he's not going to do anything here.
1: <laughs> it was actually so – to me, he's too much to leave down that play. So with him running across field and, and – Calling blokes inside. If guys are actually running in support of him, the whole idea is him throw those dummies, drift across, guys start running, out, hitting lines. The defense has to come up to try and nip it in the butt. Yeah. So that's when you pretend that you put the kick in behind. The guys didn't actually do that. The defense didn't actually come up to him. So Cain actually had to take three or four extra steps to get closer to the line to then be able to, you know, be close enough where they can't turn and chase. So the, the teammates actually let him down. It looked really, you're right, it looked really slow and cumbersome because everyone else stood still. with well, the yeah. two guys moving, KP and Frizz, and that was it.
0: <laughs> and it just happened to be
1: the, the, the kick was perfect, the bounce was perfect, Frizz hit it at the perfect time. It was a set play, but as I said, like it looked so poor because his teammates just stood there and watched it. You know, fair play. I like watching Kalen too, but um, yeah, maybe a little extra, you know, a bit of extra effort in the deco running might have helped a bit.
0: You know, what's actually quite amazing about that try setup is that was well, a couple of things. One is that, you know, we've longed for a good short-kicking game probably since... Um, Probably since Joey. I mean, Jared Mullen had a great boot on him, um, but you know he was probably in that Mitchell Pearce category where he never really nailed that that in goal or that short kicking game. Um, Jacko showed us against the Eels, funnily enough, what we had been missing with the perfect setup for um, for Matt Croker. But it's like you say, this wasn't a kick from five or six meters out from the trial. This was it. This was a per- perfectly weighted, deft kick. Twenty meters out from the try area, in this vacant space, that so easily we're used to seeing just rocket into the into the sideboards um, behind the dead goal line. But what is actually the most remarkable thing about this kick is that in a lot of ways it actually defies the law of physics. There was a, there was an element of Joey about him because if you look at the way his body moves compared to the way the ball actually moves in his kicking motion you have to have just an elite level of skill and talent to be able to perfectly measure that because the way his body's moving and the kick he decides to do that, you know, it's so easy to just get it marginally wrong where the ball only goes three meters or the ball goes 30. So to get it so perfectly placed and it, 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 it places so perfectly that it like Tyson Frizzell, it almost could have been too easy where he could have bombed it. You know what I mean? Because see the ball, the, the, the ball jacked up, so that bounce yeah.
1: was hot, was hot, was hard and fast and high. So that bounce that goes the other way that hits the fence at a million miles an hour. Mm. You know, cause because because about that last bounce was so hard. If it hits and tumbles on, you look, it's the worst kick in the world. Because I said, you know, it hits the fence, you know, it makes a bang. But frizz because it was, the play was so perfect, frizz had the time to steady himself, get that hard bounce, you know, and get it down easily. But you're right. There's a lot of space there, but he's got to weave it through the legs. Yep. He's got to get it close enough to the dead ball line where Tyson, you know, can hit it fast and outrun the guys in in the defensive line. But then he can't hit it so far that the Titans winger has time to get across and cover it. You know, it has to be on that
0: spot. And it's it's because it's just such a perfect play. Because when you think about it, like even just from where he kicks it itself, this is a play where the ruck started over on the sideline. Like, that's yeah, that, yeah. that's how exceptional it was. Yeah, and the play the ball five minutes from the Western, and we scored ten minutes from the Eastern. Yeah, and so – and you and I, just, like – um, because I lost it. As soon as Frizzell sort of went in, and, you know, because the conversation that we just had was still burning in my eardrums. And I, – because I think at one point you were like, oh, let's high five. And in my brain, I, in that instant moment, I was like, look, I don't want to ruin this moment by stuffing up a, a high five, so I'm just going to hit you. And we sort of <laughs> – I just, um, but it, for me, our see, that this is how big that kick was. The Knights men's season was saved by that try set up by Kalen, scored by Tyson Frizzell. Because going in at half time, 12 6 down at home after two weeks of pressure, and the Titans come out and score first up in the second half, 12 all at half time is a far easier um, path to navigate then potentially 18-6 down five minutes into the second half. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely
1: right. Um, yeah, that – and then that's why Kayla gets that money because mm. it's, it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the ability to actually do the play, which is almost impossible. It's the ability to play under that pressure of the game situation. And it's the ability to play under the pressure of the previous, you know, two weeks. Um, Incredible, yep. incredible stuff.
0: So – and you made a really interesting I – because mean, – so what then happens then is that Jaden Campbell comes out, scores early for the Titans, off a forward flick pass um, that happened right in front of us. And you and I were seething at this stage. um. But we sort of st- – we were still calm about it all because, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a freakish sort of occur- – it, it's funny – I don't want to downplay the tries that the, that the Titans scored, but there was a sort of freakish element to a lot of them. I mean, obviously, for feeder's length of the field, you know, they kicked off the short kickoff, which was actually a knock-on. But even that, that try, like, there's a freakish element to the three tries that the Titans scored that the only concern I had was that we were going to drop our head as opposed to, oh, they're, they're, they're carving us up. You know what I mean? Like there's just that subtle difference about it. And I think the best thing that they did was respond through the Maju try, but not only did Kalen save our season by setting up that Frizzell try you pointed out after the game, after, um, after the Philip Sammy try Kalen has four try involvements after that. And all of them are about either getting us back level or giving us the lead He's not scoring junk points. yeah, he's exactly. not getting junk statistics yep. that just yep. look great at the end of it. Yep. He was the man for four consecutive tries that essentially won us the game.
1: yeah, yeah yep yeah. so we, we scored twenty four to six from that semi after that semi try Kalen was involved in all twenty four of those points.
0: so let's let's go through them. and it, it, you know what's funny is that after half time, his try involvement's just they get better and better like the Marju one I'll I'll admit great pass he gives him the space Marju has to do a lot of work and a lot has to go his way for him to get over the line i think um i think the i think uh, philip sammy actually you and i sort of know he drags uh, Marju onto the turf because he's held up at one point and yeah yep. you know, it, 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 so okay there's an element of luck to that but the bradman best try was sex on toast, man. It was so good. And I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you to give your thoughts on it. The only thing I want to say, though, is that remember during the preseason against the Eels, where it was, oh, I think Bradman made the space, Kalen, anyway, and Bradman scored the try. No, it was Lockie to Kalen to Bradman. We were like, Phew, that's going to look good if that happens during the season. And it looked fantastic. The break by Kalen to set up Bradman best. That's the stuff we've been waiting to see for a few years now.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, that's the play that we thought we are going to be getting years ago. Um, and that's why Kaylin is playing at 5-8, because at 5 eight, two, two things – He's one. He's one in in the play, so he so he gets the one pass closer, which then allows him to attack forwards more than backs, which is obviously a big advantage. And his legs are fresher than playing at fullback, so that just that ability of him, that he can go from zero to one hundred in two steps, will see be so much more damaging when he's a five eight. His legs are a little fresher, yes. And that's and that's what that play was. He 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 saw the a you know, tiny bit of space. He went zero to one hundred outside, quickly draw the fullback. And the one that one handed pass is so difficult, and he made it look so easy. Yeah. And, we, and actually, I was actually interested, like, because Bradman with the leg injuries, I thought, how's oh, his speed gone?" But Bradman was zooming, man. Like he, Jay, he was rearing straight around Jaden Campbell. He, he, you know, he, he showed he's still got a bit of toe there, Bradman. Um, we're all panicking that he'd do a Bradman, and, <laughs> you know, and none of us confident until we, until you know, we seen it awarded officially by the bunker. But um, that no, was so beautiful to watch.
0: All okay, let's 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 get to the, the crown of the job. I'm, I'm excited. I'm already excited just thinking about it. Um, my first, re- okay, so my first recollection of KP scoring is try is just so because I, I texted you about this. I was like, I was like, my first recollection is just I think I was looking at probably looking at my phone. Is just you going KP? And I've looked up and it because it took me back to the Jesse Ramian day. One of the funniest things I've ever experienced at the footy was when Jesse Ramian was pa- playing for, playing for us, and he was on a break. And my cousin Thor just gets up and he goes, "Go noodles!" So that's what it sort of took me back to there, where you you've just got KP. He's he's through, and I looked up in time just to see him like after he'd made the break, and. Oh, look, I, I I don't care. I don't, really don't care anymore if I take sport too seriously. But that Kalyn Ponga try was sporting poetry in motion. Like there was just so much about it that was just aesthetically pleasing to the eye. You know, the break was perfect. The movement was perfect. The dummy inside was perfect. The put it was it was like that is up for me. He earned his one point nine million dollars this year on that try alone because. I, it was worth the season ticket that I paid, and I think everybody else has paid just to be able to see that. It was so fucking good. <laughs> You're right. We, we got all of our two point four million dollars worth of value out of that
1: one. Um, like <laughs> it just, and and the thing about that play, that's the KP signature play. That's the play that you know that made him a star as a kid. Is yeah. that touch footy, skip to the outside, get round, but they barely lay a finger on you. Yeah, you know, and they just burn burn the fullback with pace. Yep. Yeah, we, we we none of us ever thought we'd ever see that Kayla again. You know, we thought he was past that, and it just it was so beautiful. And then just the, yeah, that that hand eye coordination of I'm going to move miles an hour, but I'm going to throw not one but two dummies and freeze the fullback in his tracks mm. and cruise around him it was just ah uh,
0: ah. Uh, I uh. actually because I, I actually do feel some sympathy for Isaac Fasua Maliawi missing that tackle because his number 20 chir- his number 20 jersey is now emblazoned for all time like as as Kalen's just skipping past him um cuz i don't want to get too caught up in this idea I, I, you know i i mentioned the phrase it's only the titans because unfortunately some people have said that but you've got to remember this is a team that um did the job ridiculously well over Manly at Brookvale. Now, Manly have lost two in a row at Brookvale, so you know, they're obviously not the side. Of the, but winning but that's at Brookvale, how Manly were going well. Brook Brookvale is not an easy draw trip. No matter where, it is a shithole to go to and play at. So they did the job there. They did the job on the Eels in hor- horrific conditions. And remember, the Eels were going into that confident. Titans came into this game expecting to win. Like, they were, they were the favourites against the Knights at home. This was supposed to be a different Titans team. So you can't just say, oh, it's only the Titans. Whatever you thought about the Titans, you now think differently of them if you do, not because of what that, but because of what Kalen Ponga did to them. And, again, yeah. that's why you pay him $3.1 million a season because he is the player that you have in your team. We don't pay him $4 million a year to win games. We pay him to say we want you to do what you do, but it is our job to put you in the best position to provide it. And what happened when we put him in the best position to be able to provide it? He fucking did it.
1: You know, you know what I, I find really interesting that Kalen people people think Kalen is going to be like some of the other superstars. So your Cam Monsters, your Teddies, your turbos when he was fit, are guys that always got their hands on the ball, because mm. that's how they're superstars. Whereas yeah. Kalen's more of your David Fafita type he doesn't need to touch the ball a lot but when he but if you give him quality ball he'll win your football games and David Fafida gets gets bagged for the same reasons that he doesn't touch the ball enough. You know, he's a back rower. David Fafita is not a hard-working back rower. That's not his job. His job is to when we get in a danger position, David, you're gonna run through three blokes and score. <laughs> Kalen, has, Kalen gets paid 4.8 million a year for the for, for that exact thing. We don't want Kalen to touch the ball all the time. Yeah, he's five eight and he'll distribute, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And as I said, he young, know, he he got in a W half and helped Phoenix out, which he probably wouldn't do if Brails was there. But we don't want Kaylin get the ball all the time. That's why he's not playing fullback. We want him to touch the ball all the time. He would play fullback. He's playing at five eight because we want him to be fresh so that when the game's on the line and there to be won, he finds a, a reserve front rower and goes, "You're my huckleberry," and makes him look like a fool. That's that's why we paying five point
0: three million. There was every possibility that I mean, when you think about it, because you and I sort of thought he was the full, he was the the, the five eighth that the team needed in that final against uh, the Eels that we lost by eight points in 2021. And that was when he started to show that left side talent. We were like, well, he couldn't do everything that day, but if you take him out of the work rate that he has to do at fullback, you know, you and I were sort of discussing then that he'd have the ability to do it. And, you know, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. It's one game. One thing we did say online was that we're really great. It was just so enjoyable to watch him deliver on the day. He's got to do it again, though. Like, I I think, you know, funny, Mark Bosnich, Mark Bosnich was a funny guy. He said some really interesting things in his time, but I'll never forget when he was. did Did you see the Mark Bosnich episode of the footy show where they had Craig Johnston on? And Matty, John's, uh, yeah, yeah, did, Matty yeah. John stitched up Mark Geyer about the black belt in karate. Yep, yep. One of the things Mark Bosnich actually said on that show was that he said, he said, you know, one of the reasons that I was able to achieve, what I was able to achieve was, he said, you know, the phrase that they say, well, you know, in sport, you're only as good as your last game. He says, for me, I thought, well, no, that's done. I'm actually only as good as my next game. And so he was always looking at it as in, I'm not going to rest yeah. on what I've done. Like that, that's passed now. Yeah. What I can focus on though is what I'm going to do in the next game. And I've got to be great when that's finished. And so for me, that's where Kalen Pong is at now. Okay, time's game's done. And that's great. You did what you needed to do. You know, you you um, you, you got us the win. You did what we're paying you $6.5 million a year to do. Well, that's, that game's done now. Now you've got to be focusing on the Sharks. It, it's possible you've got to be even better again. But that's yeah. what we're going to pay you yeah. the money to do. Now you need to be as good, not as your last game, but as your as your next game.
1: Kate, has got that feel about you know like a a top quality uh, striker in soccer or 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 a shooter in basketball. Oh where, yeah, where yeah they they, they they take their next shot. The last one is irrelevant. You know, KP will make a lot of mistakes because you try a lot. But failing once or twice will not stop him taking that next shot. And that's what we need from the from the leader of the team. We don't need a guy that if he fucks it up three times, goes, well, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> his, his attitude is always, and it should always be, I fucked it up three times, I'm due, baby. You know, and, that, and that's exactly what we want from him. And, and as I said, it's so much like a soccer striker. You know, I'm... My, my team Liverpool, you know, Mohamed Salah. He'll have five and look like he could hit the side of a barn door. Then he'll hit one for 25 yards and put in top bins, you know. Like, mm. that's what KP is. He, he'll throw that wicked pass and he throws over the sideline or he hits a guy in the chest that had no chance to catch so He'll go, KP, mate, mate, mate. But he'll keep doing it. The problem is, but our team can't defend it when he does it at the wrong time. What we need to do is back him up and go, keep doing it, Kalen. If we If we fuck it up, it won't matter because they won't score.
0: So it's funny you should say that. So, uh, you know, it, it, by the time Kalen scores, it's five tries to three. And funnily enough, and we give a shout-out to Lockie Miller as well, seven from nine on the day, which, you know, he'd been under some pressure as well. He'd probably obviously been working on his kicking during the break as well. Yeah,
1: Barry Barnes had been in town helping to him with kicking.
0: So, um, but, I mean, when you and I say Kalen Ponga won us the game, I mean, Lockie had, had brought his kicking boots that day. So the Titans managed 26 points, but I think – I think by that stage, yeah, because we had the penalty. Well, I think I think we had an I. I think we were we were twenty eight points by that stage. But it was a weird yeah. end to it was a weird end to the game. I mean, we'll talk about the gag eye try as well. And the reason I want to talk about that is that kudos to the bunker for picking up that Kieran Foran is a conniving weasel when it comes to knowing how to play for an obstruction penalty when he knows that he's fucked. I was like, because you and I were looking at it going, Kieran's just standing next to the referee shaking his head. Nah, nah, it's not a, nothing to worry about here, boys. I, I've been taken out. I've got this sorted. And it was just so relieving to hear the video bunker going, no, you haven't. You've made that decision there. Play on. Um, that's what we want the bunker to do. You know
1: Tyson, I mean, T- Tyson did exactly what he had to do. He, he went to the inside shoulder and then yes. tried to avoid him. Kieran threw his arm into him and, yes. they, and they hit the deck. Like it, it amazed me. I got a, I got on Twitter like after the game, and I had a look at it. people come. Well, that should have been no try. I'm going. What do you want? Do you, do you want the milking to be in the game? Because everyone complains when someone milks one. That was the perfect milk one. He, Correct. He, he, he threw his arm into Tyson, then then, th- then threw himself on the ground. Tyson literally tried to step him to get around him. I was so—I don't—I thought there was no chance the video ref would ever give it. I thought he's hit the ground, Kieran Foran does it all the time. Mm. Yeah, I was so so happy that they they did it the right way. And the, and the best thing about it was now that next time Kieran Foran does that, it's already in the bunker of the referee's mind that there's a chance here that he's just throwing himself on the ground. Yeah. Because Kieran's really good at it because the easy way to tell whether someone's engaging the tackle <laughs> is do they, do they turn their shoulders in, in? If they turn their shoulders in, you know, well, they've engaged you in the tackle. See, so Kieran's smart. Kieran keeps his shoulders pointing either straight ahead or actually out to the outside and throws his inside arm back into the guy. Yeah.
0: No, so so it looks about. like
1: he's trying to slide and get in court. Where he's not. He's, he's, he's standing still with his feet planted. And you know, once his arm gets touched, he hits the ground. He's, he's so good at it. You know, I was, I was, I was amazed at the, the bucket in for it.
0: It's actually interesting. Now that I realise that Taiso was the only forward who scored uh, for the Knights on Sunday because the rest of them were all of our um, our back uh, two to six. Hey, uh, we got to see David Fafida in full flight, you know, 10 to 15 metres away from us. Um, he's a phenomenal specimen of a rugby league player. And I I was saying to you after the game, I think he was worth every penny that the Titans paid for him. I think they've gotten their money's worth out of him. And then, and and of course you then pointed out, you're like, well, not only have they gotten their money's worth out, but now they're going to get added value out of him because he's probably going to hit his his peak career years, but he's going to be on less money than it took to get him there.
1: Yeah, if his contracts had gone in reverse, he was at 800 to $1.2, no one would have blinked an eye. It's the fact that he's gone on $1.2, now he's going to back to 800 of them his poor value for money. The the poor value for money when he's on $1.2 was, yeah, he doesn't work hard enough. I, I understand that, you know, for playing $1.2. But that's not what he's in the team for, as I said earlier. The fact that Justin Holbrook is the worst coach in the league now <laughs> is the problem. Because if, if, if David Feed was still in the Broncos, he'd be scoring 25 tries a season.
0: Yeah. Even coached like by KP,
1: he's, he's incredible, mate. He, he, this is the back row. He just played eighty minutes in the back row, mm. and our fastest guys couldn't run him down. Yeah, could not. Like he not only couldn't run him down, KP was the only one that made any impression. That he was running away from the rest of them.
0: Mm. But uh, he's he he's an impressive specimen uh, in full flight. But it's sort of funny because like um, the Titans get those two. I mean, they're not. They weren't junk tries, really. Um, they got, the, cause they got the score back to uh, 26 to 40. And, of course, they're on the verge of going in over in the corner themselves to, you know, it was Harvey G who pointed out for, out to us that Dom Young. And it's funny because as much as we watched David Fafita in full flight and then Dom Young sort of one-upped him, he's like, oh, you think you look good in full flight. Well, let me just remind you of a couple of things. But, of course, Dom yes. Young...
1: Same same track. The track was hard and fast, by that stage wasn't it, you know. Prefedered mode, mode, it dumb run over the top, <laughs> go back
0: down the way. But it's a twelve point turnaround, and the reason the twelve point turnaround matters is because we just copped a hammering by the Eels two weeks ago. We can't be a win is a win. You take the win, that's a starting point, but we can't be piling on too many four or six point wins as the season goes. We need to bump that up a little bit. And that Dom Young try, you know, we don't know where the season's going to land, but a twenty point victory is far more satisfying than an eight yeah. point victory.
1: For for forty six to forty six to twenty six, is so much nicer than forty to thirty. Yeah, um, it's, it's incredible. That like in terms of the game, that it made no difference. But yeah, twenty points as opposed to eight, yeah, huge.
0: Um, hey, we and look, we've got to give a shout out to Phoenix Crossland because. Um, and you and I sort of had our doubts. I mean, we had our doubts about the whole team after the Eels game, so we'll move on from that. He, he did what he needed to do against the, the Panthers, but I think that last play at the end of the Cowboys game, where you could see he's not a natural hooker, the doubt had started to creep back in for Phoenix before the Eels game. Phoenix had his best club for the Newcastle Knights on Sunday against the Titans. The the, the 40-20, he's the highest tackler for the team on the day. And he came off to a standing ovation with about five or six minutes to go and entirely deserved. He was, um, I mean, he just... It's so hard for him. He's a player without a position, and when you don't have a position, your body's not really built to do anything. But he's a player now that looks like he's set in first grade to do what he needs to do, and he's been given the body to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? He's not a natural hooker, and he's obviously learning from beds, so that helps. But, he, you know, he doesn't see it as a hooker does. You know, he, he, he doesn't he – because doesn't, around the ruck, it's so fast. So you know, there's bodies everywhere. There's arms everywhere. There's people moving around the entire area. To be able to see things around the ruck is really difficult. And hookers are hookers because they, they've they grown up seeing how that space is created. Phoenix doesn't do that because that is not his natural position. But he did the two things that I want out of him on the weekend. He led the line speed, which is what Braille's normally does. And Phoenix led the line speed every bit as good as Braille's ever does. And yeah. he never, and he never ever dropped his head, because nice. Phoenix is the sort of guy that get down himself a little bit, and he didn't. He didn't drop his head every time that we needed a lift. Phoenix lifted us, you know, and that's all I want out of him.
0: Um, I want to give a shout out to Harvey G as well on our last episode because um, you and I were sort of talking about it afterwards. That, that sort of discussion and breakdown of the art of the dummy half. It, 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 it's just, it's made me look at the game, like when I'm watching the what what a hooker does at Dummy Half so much more differently now. And it gave me a greater appreciation for where um, Phoenix, you know, it's just lacking that spark, that that natural instinct that other hookers have had over the years uh, against the Cowboys. But it made me appreciate Ben Hunt's um, try assist uh, for, um, oh, you know, try assist to kick off his 300th. For Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the way he just sort of – because you can see the way he looks at the line. He sees who he's got in front of us. And you've got to know how to play the game from playing that position over the years to know, well, do I just pass it straight from the ground or do I pick it up or do I engage or do I – and Ben Hunt just knew. He just knew to pick it up, engage the line, just to give that extra – that extra half a yard space under the under the posts to set up the first try. It was a it was a phenomenal play. It was it was probably the the play of the weekend for me, notwithstanding. Uh, sorry, non nights. Um, but yeah, it, it's it is interesting sort of watching uh, Phoenix the way he handles the ruck, and I think I think he's been given very discreet boundaries to work in. I think they've basically said to him, said look. We don't expect you to be jade and brother. You know, we don't. What we want you to do is X, Y, Z things out of the rut. And we want you to do those really well. If you do those things for us really well, the rest will look after itself. And once he's developed that ability to do those things well, he's put the cake in place. That's when he brings in the things in the ice, like the 40-20. Does that make sense? Like yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Like they simplified it for him to allow him to do the other things great that he knows how to do. And
1: I and I like the fact he's a halfback. You know, he's a kicker. He's kicked the ball his whole life. Utilize it. There's no better place on a rugby league field to kick the dummy half because because the the, the, the meet, first meter comes on the boot is a meter gained. You know, you're not kicking it 15, 20 meters behind the ruck. So if you can kick from dummy half, there's no pressure because the line's still 10 meters behind you. Um, yeah, you know, as I said the first meter kicked is a meter gained, and you have generally got a lot of space because they're not expecting it to come from dummy half. Um, yeah, no, I. I, I agree totally. That that's the thing with Phoenix, like, and we, we noted how big he's getting. You know, he can handle it physically in the middle now, and I think he'll end up being a, a you know a ball playing lock forward in, in the long term. Mm. Um, but no, he 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 doesn't need. Yeah, you know, it's it stifles their attack in terms of he can't do things. Braz can do. You know, that's natural. No, that any club loses their first choice looker, that happens. But we have enough ball players in the team that that doesn't matter. You know, we can we we've, we've got. Jacko, we've got KP, we've got Gamble, we'll have Kurt man, you know, back at some stage. There's plenty of guys in the team that can, that can ball play and swing the ball. It doesn't need to be done out of dummy half. So I I, I like the game plan that AAB put in place in the weekend. And it was really noticeable once Gamble come on that we had you know, a guy that switched between both sides of the ruck playing at lock, that would become the link man who could throw the long cutout pass. So Jacko and KP were naturally you know a little bit wider because Gamble could get that long ball to them. Um, I really, I really, really, really really think that A hasn't got the credit he deserves for the game plan on the weekend.
0: Also, I want, to, cause I want to get to that, actually. So, I mean, KP was just getting back on his feet against the Cowboys, so you took what you can get that game. We've already decided that the Eels game will never be referred to again. But there was concern going into the Titans, is that where do you fit Kalen Ponga, Jackson Hastings, Phoenix Crossland and Tyson Gamble? And... Whatever they did on Sunday, that's how you fit them all in because that it, it, it worked. And I think I heard some commentary that um, Tyson Cam- Tyson Gamble sort of getting his hands on the ball a bit earlier gives Kalen a bit more space. I, I don't really know about that. But what I will say is that um, Tyson came on just when he needed to. He, he played about 25 minutes towards the end. And – How do I say, like, this sounds like I'm trying to make shit up because I can't remember him playing, but there was nothing he did that was particularly memorable to me. But by that, I mean, I wasn't watching it going, what the fuck are you doing that for? Why the fuck are you there? Fucking get him. You know what I mean? Like, he just seamlessly got into the play. And so you, you were just watching the team play. You weren't focusing on individuals. And that's what you want. You want all the pieces to fit in play. So you're just watching the team. Until Kalen does his amazing stuff,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's always been a bit of my uh, issue with A and B that because he he put it of mixes guys through the you know the um, the ball playing lock role and he, you know he's changed halves you know when the when KP came off the bench we had to change halves deliberately through the game and I always think you know it complicates that a little bit mm-hmm. but you're right on the other weekend it was seamless you know Gamble come on. And the style changed, as I said, because he can he can throw that long ball that that'll, a, a traditional lock forward can't throw. But it, didn't actually, wasn't, it wasn't actually noticeable in terms of the team didn't change how they were playing. It just meant the KP could stand five metres wider, and that was to our advantage. The game plan was the same. It was just, you know, we had a little bit extra skill there to be able to to be able to play it. And it was not noticeable in terms of like anyone who doesn't really sort of follow rugby league closely is not going to go, well, the, KP's thirty-five meters wider there because Tyson Gimm was on
0: the field. Hey, um, I, I thought Adam, and you know what the great thing is, we 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 get to overlook. We don't have to focus on the player. We've been the other player we've been waiting so long to get back on the field, um, because Adam Elliott, in the end, was allowed to just have a normal, non-hyped return to rugby league. He was allowed to come back from you know fairly significant injury and just play his half an hour without it being any more or less than that. Because I thought he came on and he did a lot of good stuff and he brought he brought the energy and he brought the aggression, um, but it didn't need to be any more or any less than that. Because, you, yeah. you know, when we like we wait for a player to come back, and we're like, oh, he's got to do this and he's got to do that, and then we lose and it gives us an opportunity. Well, you know, we waited for this player to come in. Fuck you. you. Well, because we, we won and other players did their job, Adam Elliott could just, I'm just going to have a quiet return into play here and, you know, go and t- sing the team song afterwards. And that's what that's what the team, the good teams are, are doing. You know, the, you don't highlight any individuals for their failures. You get to celebrate certain individuals for their successes.
1: Yeah, the, the good example of that is South. South have had a lot of uh, middle forward injuries. So their middle forwards have come in and played. Like a guy like Totola, who's their number one prop, there's been weeks where he's come on and played 20 minutes because they haven't needed him to do anything else. So he's he's battling injuries and he's coming back and he's just doing the job for 20 minutes. And that's Adam L. did his job for half an hour. He ran hard. He made his tackles. He provided some energy. You barely noticed he was out there. Perfect. He's coming. And that's the thing. A groin injury is an injury that does get in your head, especially when you've what he'd done it for the second time. He's had surgery. He's barely you know he didn't even get through half a game before he did it again you know, and then he's out for two and a half months, that's got to be in his head. You know, I'm sure he, he was having, you know, a few nervous weeks before the, before the game. And um it'd be a great thing for his confidence, especially, you know, we're coming to this run where we've got of origin, we're playing a lot of good forward packs in the next few months. Mm. Him up and firing is a big advantage.
0: Hey, uh, speaking of... So, uh, speaking of up and firing, <laughs> and I... I, I look... I won't I won't say it, but I think you'll you'll be thinking the same thing as I will, is that you'll be wanting to keep your eye on Jack Hetherington against the Sharks next next weekend because oh, boy, he so you and I were sitting right behind the, the bench when he got taken off after and it can't have been longer after 19, 20 minutes.
1: No, 17, I think it was.
0: Oh fuck, he was filthy, man. He was Blowing up, he he must have been shaking his head for a solid ten minutes after he came off the field. He was not happy, and then when you look at it, he did not come, He didn't come on again until the last five minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, you shoot up the whole time. The trainer was virtually dragging him off. He was, he, it was like an HIA where the guy's just, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and the trainer's like dragging him off. <laughs> You're right. He, he stood there on the sideline for two or three minutes, shaking his head. Went he stood on the bike, shook his head, riding the bike for ten minutes, got off, did, did some laps on the sideline, shaking his head. Oh mate, like was, the thing is, we were behind, like we were behind that second, I think AAB would have sent him back out just to, you know, just to rip in. Yeah. Because we will we go. Well, you need to, but that's great. Just fire him up and, and let him roll this week.
0: Hey, um, the team's got released uh, for our game against the Sharks, and it, it's a like you know, it's like with the Manly game not being played at Brookvale. Massive. This is a massive bonus for us not having to go to that shithole Sh- that is Shark Park. Um, but again, uh, Adam. And Lockie Brian, Miller home
1: game. Lucky Miller home game. Don't forget that.
0: Yep. Yep. It, it, we've named the same 17. So different positionally, uh Leo Thompson at Lock um Jack starts in the at, at prop. Um but he's named the same the same 17 again and that's just a uh, like you know how how often do we win and then we're like right we've got to find six blokes to fill the injuries and suspensions we probably yeah. suffered. So um you know, dare I say it? You know, if Ben D- Darwin. If you listen, are we building some cohesion? Is this, <laughs> is that? You know, that is a luxury for um for Adam O'Brien in his tenure at the Newcastle Knights, where he gets to, and because we, we scored the most points that we've scored in ten years, forty six points. So you know, we've got that energy back, and um, uh, yeah, he gets to name a, a, another strong side. I I would, I would wager Jaden Braley is the. Is probably the only starting seventeen name missing from that um, Kurt, from that Kurt, team.
1: Kurt Baird or Gamble, whichever you're going there. Yeah. But you know, same same with one of those two are played. No, doesn't matter. But yeah, in terms of your best seventeen missing, Brails is it? Absolutely.
0: Mate, I'm going to put the blowtorch on you a bit. Where do we win the game against the Sharks on on Saturday? I actually forgot it's a Saturday afternoon kickoff. So do we need to, you know, rustle them up in the forwards yeah, or yeah, one, one outside?
1: They've still got a lot of injuries in, the, in their middle forwards and their front row and stuff. We yep. have to, we have to, we have to, their backs are so dangerous. The Sharks, if they've got space, we have to absolutely roll in the middle. The same way we should have beaten the Cowboys, We, we that's how we've got to beat the Sharks. The The Cowboys were weak in the middle and we didn't take advantage of it.
0: So so I'm I'm going to go a little bit controversial, not controversial for you because I know, you know, we share the exact same thoughts on the topic, but I actually think if we shut down Nico Hines on Saturday, we'll actually win. Not because I think he's the, he's this, the match winner that can, you know, can topple us, but he's playing for origin selection this weekend. And I just think if we can target Nico and get in his hinds and keep him get, – get in his head and keep him quite early, that lack – that drop in confidence or, you know, that you know he might start to think a little bit oh, – He'll
1: overplay his head, mate. He will overplay yes.
0: his head. Yes. And I just think if we get, ha- get at him that way, that will actually start to open it up for then Kalen to come on top of it and say, mate, this is what you need to do to be an origin player, buddy. And So I think if we can win the forward battle, you target Nico Hines. I mean, we're not saying anything that's necessarily um, rocket surgery or brain science here. Those are fairly obvious things. But sometimes you need to do the obvious things well in order to get the win. And I just think, yeah, if we can, if we can win that forward battle and um, just not keep Nico Hines quiet but actually you know, get at him and target him and get at his, get in his head, um, I think that will go a long way to winning us the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like the sharks' big advantage is, is is how good they are at drawing numbers and you know and spreading wide to their wingers. Nico drifting, Moylan does the same. You know, they they create space and they they are really good at drawing the winger center in and then wingers going in untouched. That's yeah, you know Bradman and Gags in the centers is really important because when Nico and and Moylan drift, they need to be there in his face, knocking them over so they can't yeah draw a pass.
0: The other thing as well is I think the game will probably be won from the bench as well because I think our forward packs, I mean, they don't cancel each other out. But, you know, they sort of, you know, you look across the man-for-man name-to-name there. Blake Braley obviously is a huge, huge bonus for them. So this will be a big test for Phoenix. But when you sort of look at the depth, I mean, you've got Trindle, Jack Williams, Wade Graham, great big big player there, Thomas Hazleton. That's up against Tyson Gamble, Jacob Sofidi, Adam Elliott, Matt Crocker, Croak, you know, that's that the bench players have got to come on and do a job. You know, they, they can't be coming on um, and sort of uh, dropping, or, you know, if we're behind, they've got to be able to come on and lift the team.
1: Um, who are their name props, mate? Who are they got to prop there?
0: For uh, the Sharks. For the Sharks, yeah. Calfusi uh, and Royce Hunt.
1: Ah, beautiful. So still no Toby Rudolph. Yeah, we, man. Yeah, no. The, 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 twin, the twins need to do and the Cam job. Ken
0: McInnes, McInnes out you as Cam well.
1: Ken another one out, so it means that um, they're going to need to play more minutes of um, Darfinucan at lock, which I don't think he handles big minutes these days. Um, no, I'd, man, we really, really, really should be dominating them in the middle with that side.
0: The other thing as well as for me as well, If this is a new team, I want them to still be stinging from that performance at Shark Park last year, that 18 to nil when the season really started to spiral. You know that in hindsight, that and the Manly game last year were when we were like, yeah, we're we're, we're cooked this year. And this is another opportunity again for this team to come out and say this isn't we're not that team anymore. And we're going to show it to you now by going, you know, just like they did against Manly, you know, that, that, that you know, we we're down early, we got it back, you know, we got to the draw, you know, that was the type of performance. Like, okay. You didn't win, but you didn't lose either. And you showed us that you can come back. I want this to be another statement game to say, we're taking it to the sharks and um, we're going to, we're going to get the job done. I'm, look, I'm, 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 I'm obviously high on us at the moment because we've had a win, but I want to talk to you about our draw because you mentioned something else before. Um, About the buys. We've got a really odd set of buys because when you look at it, we play blocks of eight games, three games, four games, nine games. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Uh, Nine games, three games, four games, eight games. So you're right. We've actually got three buys in the space of, I think, about um, 10 weeks. I and I'm only speculating here. I don't know what the fuck goes on behind closed doors, but it wouldn't surprise me if Adam O'Brien has just targeted these three games to just go, just go all out, boys. I'll give you, I'll give you a few days off over uh, after uh, for the first buy. Go and freshen up because when you come back, we are going hell for leather for three Matt, three weeks, and we are just going to smash blokes, uh, the opposition in those three games: Titans, Sharks, Manly. And I've just got a feeling this is a block where we can go out and hammer teams for three weeks, pick up six competition points, and then have another rest and go well, out. get the ten points. Football.
1: If we win these three, that's ten points. Yes. In five weeks, you know. Yes. So it's, with them surrounded by the buyers, you set your whole season up. It's um yeah it's a, and this is the one like yeah you know, this this is the one you you're always going to drop some games you shouldn't at home you know but you need and and to counteract that you need to win some away games against good sides. You know, when we, you're right, we've got lucky, you know, we have got we got Manly away from Brookvale, we got a draw out of what we should have won. You know, we've got Cronulla away from Shark Park, you know, we need to get that one, and then we need to get the Dolphins in Perth.
0: Oh, 100%. You know, the, the,
1: the draw's falling our, our way in those ones, we need to, you know, we need to take advantage.
0: So, I, I think there's a big opportunity for the team this weekend, and, um, yeah, I just... Um, I mean it's the hope that kills you isn't it is it you know if you'd spoken to us both a week ago the titans are going to do a job on us we're high on the team now come come and see us in two weeks people when uh, <laughs> actually it could could make for very drastically different viewing hey
1: i did i did, I did note that it's very nights like that we'll play mainly without origin players and the one player that mainly well dce but the other player mainly always have automatic origin turbo is likely not to play origin True. It's very
0: nice very nice it, it's pure nights <laughs>
1: I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees.
0: Hey, mate. Um, we want to go back to one of our new segments. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to return to My Bay 53 Rules. We did not get an opportunity to do a review over the past couple of days, so we've got a few food items that we've been enjoying at um, at the McDonald Jones Stadium. I want to cast your mind back to those that um, that wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, I think it was against the Raiders, the Warriors, the Warriors. Yes, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday where you and I decided to um, enjoy a tasty a tasty meal that in, involved the uh, the fabled chico roll now before you get to your review I just want to uh, send a message out to our um, our, our fellow Newcastle Knights pod uh, hosting uh, cohort the Joust, who through um, threw the challenge down to us that they um, they, they they sneer at our, they look down at our chico roll and nothing can beat a meat pie I disagree. I think my Chico roll was of a particularly high standard that day, and uh, it really hit all of the senses with just the right amount of flavour, crunch, and um, and chewability. Great texture. So the problem I always have with the meat pie is that you always run the risk of taking that first bite and the searing hot molten. They're, they
1: they're edible out in public. Yeah, you can't and, eat
0: a pie in your hands. Not, And then what happens is, is that it's so hot. It starts caking, like just layering itself around every part of your mouth until you feel like your whole head is on fire. You never have that problem with the Chico Roll. Chico Roll is always cooked to perfection, but it's never too hot. It's always just right. Braddo, I really enjoyed my Chico Roll on the day, and I'm definitely giving that uh, four KP headgears out of five.
1: I'm on board 100%. Four KP headgears. It was fresh. There was a nice little touch of salt on it. The inside was just the right temperature. It was hot. Once you get the first bite, let it cool down. Perfect. Enough crispiness on the outside. <laughs> Absolutely magnificent. Credit to the laser gents in the canine. Four out of five.
0: My cousin Thor, he he swears by the the McDonald Jones Stadium Chico roll. If for him there's nothing better than a game day experience, then um, uh, half a dozen beers and two Chico rolls. This is nothing can beat it, mate. We, we got to partake of some further meals. Um, what did what did you um, treat yourself to uh, for the game against the um, against the Titans on on Mother's Day, mate? I went
1: really flash, feeling really feeling it after the buy. And went the Angus burger.
0: Very nice. Now, uh, talk us through the Angus burger, mate. What was what was it that drew you in that direction? What what, what were you? What were the hits? What were the misses with um, with that meal?
1: Well, I was, feel, I, was, I was feeling some good quality red meat. We'd already done the cheeseburger, so I thought that's it. I'm I'm going the Angus. <laughs> they I'd seen I'd seen the the, the young lady put, put out some fresh ones, so I thought righto, I'm I'm on that. Really, really good for for a stadium burger. You know, the meat's always never going to be perfect, you know, but a nice amount of condiments on it. Some really nice fresh pickles on there. The meat was juicy enough. I'd give it three out of five K-P geese.
0: Is it a hit or a miss, Bretto?
1: No, it's a hit. It's a hit. It's, it's a, a hit. Day, You know, for the, for the price, you put me in oh, it's not worth the money. But it's a it's stadium food. It was enjoyable. It went down nicely with a beer. Yeah,
0: easy three out of five. I went something a little bit different on Sunday, Bretto. Something I've never had before, and I wanted to try something different. I went with a ham, uh, a sort of ham baguette or like a thick um, bread roll. Um, and it was quite delicious. Yeah. It was, it was, it's like you said, it's all about getting that, that combination correct. And you, you want to get the right levels. My only criticism of it was that there, the, the, the bread roll was too thick, but you know, when you have those certain bread rolls and you got to fucking bite down on the bastard, and you're ripping and tear and you can't, as thick as the bread roll was, it was still biteable so that I wasn't sort of having that never-ending battle. So I felt like the bread sort of went over the top. But, you know, the ham, um, the fillings as well, you know, there was a bit of cheese in there. I really enjoyed it. So, But I, I'm, I'm going to go with you. It was, again, it was, a, it was a three KP headgears out of five experience for me. Um, yeah, the, the bread was, it was just a little bit too overpowering. I, I think a smaller bread roll, um, great serving size as well, but um, yeah, that, that just a smaller bread roll, and we can really bump that up to a a four a four um, four out of five effort. But so far, I think the NJ uh, Stadium catering has really been hitting all of the right marks, mate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the price of dear, price of deer everywhere. But you know, I, I haven't got anything yet where I've gone. That's that's awful. Not not one yet. Uh, yeah, the young fella, young Oliver, had a hot dog at the Warriors game from the uh, the hot dog oh, yes. uh, the hot dog caravan up on the uh, Family Hill. Loved it perfect, he said. And he's a hot dog connoisseur. You'll have him every day if you let him. He's a big hot dog man and he was was very happy. He was happy to give that four out of five.
0: And ladies and gentlemen, there endeth another episode of My Bay 53 Rules. Hey, Brett, can we – before we sort of wrap up, there are a couple of other things that I do want to uh, chat with you about. Um, I actually do want to talk a little bit Dragons, though, if only because uh, Anthony Griffin has finally been let go. For me, though, I mean, the big talking point from a Knights fan perspective is that – and I probably even said it as much to you over the offseason. I thought after 10 rounds we'd be talking about the Adam O'Brien departure. Um, but that, it's Anthony Griffin instead. Um I sort of where where do you where do you sort of go with this from a Knights perspective? So I feel like it's a bit of vindication for AOB because he, he certainly came into the season under pressure. You know he was for a lot of people the odds-on favourite to sort of get the punt punt. Um, but you know he's four and a half wins into the season. You know he's starting to build something there. Um, but old Hook, he's um, the the Dragons have finally belatedly most would say had enough of him and uh, he's gone after 11 rounds.
1: Yeah, I, I I I've never understood the hook thing. You know, he yeah. had a big reputation as, as Wayne's offsideer back in the early, you know, sort of two thousands. You know, and he was Wayne's offsideer through that sort of period, and he got got the reputation. But it but at the Broncos, you know, he was meh at best. Um, yeah, you know, nothing more, nothing more than that. At Penrith, you know, they, they were remarkable how poor they were in attack. Penrith, you know, and obviously what we've seen them going and do since he got punted from there. Mm. Another the dragon, the Dragons took him rather than one of the up and coming assistants in terms of they needed a bit of a disciplined area. They needed someone to pull their club together, you know, because of their, their off field issues and they, you know, they they needed to get a, a sort of way to go forward in terms of the on field product being consistent and stuff. And it's been the exact opposite. The off field stuff's got worse. The on field products got consistently bad. <laughs> um, yeah I don't, and the thing is to me he feels like one of those um, Sam Allardyce types in the English Premier League where you will keep getting a job
0: but you never should have one <laughs> so, okay so you think you don't think Hook is done you think someone else will oh, pick no, him no, up so, again so, at some point someone
1: will, someone will give him a game give him a game for sure he's just got this reputation in the game um, no he'll he'll get another crack for sure
0: um, okay so where do the Dragons go from because you and I were sort of – we were discussing a bit in the chat. We're of the opinion that no coach should be allowed to be sacked until they've played every other team once because 11 teams have had the op- – I don't know if they've had the bye, but 10 or 11 teams have had the opportunity to play the Hook Dragons. That first and- bye, that first week off. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. That's right. Sorry. that it is. So yeah. ten teams yeah. have had the opportunity to play the Hook Dragons, or I think they probably double up. Anyway, the point is, there are so many teams now who are going to have to deal with the um, with the new coach bounce, and then not have to not get to play the Hook Dragons. Um, it's it's certainly a disadvantage. I mean, it's a disadvantage to the Knights in any event. The Dragons always beat us, no matter where we play them. So that that's neither here nor there. Um, but um, the first change that their interim coach has made is to. Bring back Jacob Little and uh, Zach Lomax, and I'm like, well, that's hardly controversial. They're two of their better first grade players. The should real never question, have been out of the team. Why the would team. they drop to begin with? Yeah, they can't. They
1: carved us up in cup on the weekend.
0: Yeah, so um, uh yeah, I um, I just um, you know, the first ca- first coach sacked for the season, and you hate having that conversation in terms of the first because, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you the question: Who do you think will be the next?
1: Um, I still think Jason Rose is the lucky candidate. Um, oh, no, no, no,
0: sorry. As, as in, who'll be the next coach sacked? Oh, the next coach, sacked. coach
1: of the oh, um, oh, it's got to be holbrook has got to be odds on, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I don't think anyone, any other coaches really under any pressure. I think, in terms of you know, she's obviously won't get sacked because they've got he basically runs the club. Mm. Um, AOB's <laughs> pretty, pretty safe for this year, you imagine. Um, no other clubs are really below par, you know. With, with old coaches, you know, all the all the coaches are sort of struggling, and newer coaches, you know, mm-hmm. your see old types. You know, merely are going to sack him in the first year. Um, obviously, um, Ricky's safe at camera as long as he wants it. Peyton, is, <laughs> irrespective of what happens to the Cowboys, Peyton's safe this year because you know, don't the uh, last year. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to pun him the next year, and that we both think he's a fraud. I um. <laughs> I actually think that I actually think Holbrook's the likely next, but I think if it gets to the off season, the next coach to go might be Robinson.
0: See, I was, I was, ooh, really?
1: Not that I think the uncle punt punting. I think that um, he's there's a chance the pressure might get to him and he steps aside.
0: I, um, oh, he'll step aside, really. <laughs> he'll just be, uh, it'll be, his body will be involuntary stepping, stepping to the side from what's this thing in my, in my ribs here.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, and the cocaine his back pocket that. <laughs>
0: the, yeah. Hey, it's not looking good for Robbo, is it? Well, come on. We, we've got a little bit of time here. There are a couple of things. I, Cause I actually want to talk about the tips as well. Hey, remember when I said, I thought I tipped manly. I was yeah. wrong. I actually did tip the Sharks. So it was the Bulldogs in the end. The Sharks were the only away team I tipped last weekend, and the, the Bulldogs are the ones that cost me um cost me a perfect round.
1: I, I bloody changed simply because I thought DC and Turbo for origin at Brookvale and Cronulla Sh- at yeah. Brookvale.
0: London yeah. Well, I, 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 I was with you. You and I were watching the game in that the afterglow of victory, sort of um, watching that game. I was like, fuck, what did I tip Manly for? And I didn't. Hey, you're killing it in the Bay 53 tipping comp, but I want to give a shout out to Harvey G. He got the perfect ground. And in hindsight, I mean, the Sharks-Manly game really was the only one that in hindsight you, you really, you know, it was a toss of a coin because the rest of the, the rest of the results for the us, end.
1: for us, the Titans obviously you know a lot of oh, people no. take it yeah, granted. granted. Um, but I uh, also got the uh, I, I for some reason put my faith in the Bulldogs at home over the Warriors. Yeah, same.
0: I, I don't know what I think. I thought that the again I thought the the uh, Warriors would be flat for Yeah, a yeah. So it's same um, with me. But yeah, I didn't so, realize yeah. <laughs> Gus Gould gave his first mention of the five year plan. So I was watching the footy show with Mum and Dad for, for Mother's Day, and Gus was uh, hosting in place of Joey. And Gus was, he made mention, well, it's going to take five or 10 years for us to start integrating these these juniors that we're building into into first grade. Yeah, uh, well. for success.
1: The I was five The like, success. Here we go. So now the five year plan has become the five to 10 year plan. <laughs> and then, you know the difference, but Penrith fans were used to no success. So, and they, you know, they're not an impatient fan base. They were, you know, that was sort of how they, they're happy. Just They're, ju- they're a bit like out, I should know. As long yeah. as their juniors are coming through and they're getting better, they, you know, they're pretty happy. The Bulldogs fans are going to cop that. No. The Bulldogs fans didn't, you know, a bit like we, you know, we didn't cop three three or four years of Brownie rebuild to then rebuild again. You know, the Bulldogs fans are going, we didn't cop, you know. Well, the Bulldogs haven't been good since 2014?
0: Yeah, 2014. You know, so like
1: they're, they're a club that you know were were pretty much a regular grand finalist, and you know, they're pretty much finalists every season to, to not be competitive for going on a decade now. They're not copping
0: five or ten years of this. I think last decade was the first decade in like 50 years or something that they didn't yeah. win a grand final. Yeah. Hey, mate, let's do some rapid fire um tips before we get on to the, the last. Um, we got one question that we really do want to answer. Um, Broncos Panthers. Uh, Penrith. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, now, Dragons Roosters for the bounce back gap, for the post coach bounce.
1: Uh, no, because that guy that coach and I had a bit of a look at him. Does anyone know who he is?
0: Oh, I, I still don't. I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, I,
1: I'd, 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 I'd be, somebody can I'd be shocked if he's
0: coaching the system. Like, um,
1: no, the Roosters.
0: Yeah, the Roosters should get that done. Rabido's Eels. Oh,
1: Souths will put 40 on them.
0: Um, Souths are, like, Souths are – surely they're everybody's second team except for Roosters fans. They're going – they're awesome. They're just awesome to watch at the moment. I know they sort of ground out a win against the Tigers, but the Tigers are doing a thing at the moment. They're having their, their stretch. Um, You know, the, Souths have had that awful, just awful first 10 rounds as well um, in yeah. terms of the, the teams they've had to play. Um, Souths look – they look really good at the moment, and Trell's amazing.
1: Did you see the Trell – the mic up Trell on Betty John's show? No, I missed that actually. Oh, it's it's, it's saw, amazing, I, amazing areas.
0: Yeah, I heard little bits about the 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 whoop when he uh when Yeah he missed, when he threw, yeah.
1: He, threw the, he threw the cutout ball for the try on that. Yeah, now um yeah,
0: rough roughing up Reggie and yeah, now it's um yeah. I might see if I can get some footage of that. Um Knights over the Sharks, Tigers, Cowboys. Ooh,
1: um Tiger Yeah, that's
0: Ken a t- can the, the Tigers put their,
1: put their fourth good performance together? I, I probably think the Cowboys, I don't
0: think the Tigers will play good weeks in a row. I just want to check. It's being played at Leichhardt as well. Where they always lose. Who always loses there? Tigers. Well, that's why I think they'll win this one, because they've lost so many there already. I'm going to go with the Tigers. Um, Dolphin Storm. Hmm. Storm. Really, you don't think? You don't. Think yeah, no, they're, t-
1: they're they're just they're starting to roll now, and they, they not yeah, want to no get way. that win up before Origin period. Hits, you know, getting points in the back before Origin's important for them.
0: Okay, last two Bulldogs Titans.
1: Uh, oh, jeez. these are hard uh, tips this weekend. Yeah, this and this yeah, one's absolutely. at a core stadium. Uh, I'm, I might I, I might stay on the dogs' bend way and give one more chance.
0: All right, I'm going to go the opposite way because if the, the fox Bulldogs. plays, if the fox plays. Oh, okay. Yeah. all right. Is he named? I don't know. He was named last he, week. He play, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's named. So, yeah. but we'll see what goes from there. And the Raiders Eagles and the Raiders. No, nah, like would be Raiders Eagles, would it? Raiders. Raiders. So Raiders Eagles. Sorry, uh, Raiders. I saw it. Oh, Eagles yeah, Raiders. Ra- yeah, Raiders. Yeah, I've got the Ra- Raiders by six. Down the blind, Andrew John inside for
1: Elgin
0: Elgin on score. Elgin on score. Newcastle has won the grand final. Um, hey, can we finish off? And I think this is a really interesting question from one of our very rare Roosters um, fan followers. Um, uh, give this guy a, a follow if you're not already on Twitter, um, at GP 1971 Mate, he hit us up a few weeks ago, and I want to make sure we answered this when you were here. I've got an answer from Harvey G as well. But his question is... If I can just bring that up quickly, if you could change three things about the club, what would they be? And he wants three. Uh, the three things are one is for the short term now. This one is for the medium term. So within the next three years and one is for the the third one is for the future. Now, I've been thinking about this one for a while. So I'm going to um, so I'm going to answer mine and give you a little bit more yep, time yep. to to sort of think about yours. The thing I would fix immediately now, and I've all and I, is um, and I've always said it is I would just do whatever you could to get the off-field um, medical right. I think we're having a really good stretch at the moment, but I would still be just investing as as much money as I possibly could. Into um, just setting up that actually no that's probably more the, that's probably more my three year one so that's probably more my second one um, is just you know focusing for the next two to three years on everything we can for injury management so that um, we we've got a fit team and we can give the you know Kalen Ponga Adam O'Brien everything at their disposal for the next three years to really have a tilt at that premiership. The first thing I'd fix right now is I get a functioning uh, hooker in. Um, I love Phoenix, and I think he's doing a great job. But one thing we did learn from last year is that you just can't invest too much energy in um, in a, a, a you know a um, a part-time hooker because we saw that it finally wore down Chad Rand, Chris the Chad Randall, Randell, and you know our season sort of suffered for it. And the one thing I'd sort of work on for the future is I'd go Gus Styles' um, five to ten-year plan for our junior pathways. You know, we've been saying it for 35, 40 years. Is that the Hunter is this untapped resource? Uh, why isn't it funneling into the Newcastle Knights? And uh, I'd be spending every resource I can to um, to get that um, to get that sorted. So that'd be my long term one. Now, I just want to quickly. This, this is what Harvey G's was. So he agreed with me on the genuine number nine. The medium term thing that he'd he'd change over the next few years is he'd go back to the vertical stripe jerseys. He says that's the only jersey that we should have. And the long term thing is he agrees with me. Make our pathways great again.
1: Yeah, so um, I'll make it three for three on the nine. But the, my thing on the nine is I don't want a journeyman. I, I want someone that will sign for two or three years. That can become a. We need a genuine backup for Brails that'll be here for a few years. Yeah, yep. you know, I don't. I don't want a McCulloch type. You know, where they come in, you're just trying to get through the season. We need Brails. As shown to us now, he can't. He, he's unlikely to last this full season. We need a genuine backup that will be here for the next two or three years. To so, for two reasons: so if Brails gets long term hurt, we've got him covered, but we could also rest him. So,
0: is that your? But is that your short term fix for this season? Yeah, yeah, is that but,
1: your fix? yeah. That's a still now, like still like getting yep. right tomorrow. But it, I don't. I, said I don't want a McCulloch type. I want a, you know, a type that can stay here.
0: Cool. Yep. Now, what's um, your medium term fix?
1: Medium term one is similar, I to in terms of the medical. What I but what I want to do with the medical is I want consistency in the medical department, which you seem to change every year. Yeah, you know, I, I want a team that AAB is confident in that for the next three years they are the guys. You know, head trainer, strength, of co- strength and condition coordinator, doctor, physios. I want the same team here for several years. You know, to build that rapport with the players, to understand the players' bodies.
0: Um. Because we thought Craig Catterick was going to go with Hayden Knowles this season. We, we were surprised that he was still um, here this season. And, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's up uh, it's like we've said, we, the, 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 I think the injury curse is dead. Um, and he's been he, – we've named the same 17 two weeks in a row.
1: Yeah, no, it's been – yeah, we have had some injuries this year, but it's been, no, it's been pretty good. The DSAF suspension was the one that sort of threw us out. If we didn't get that, yeah. we'd, we'd be pretty okay.
0: Yeah. Hey, just quickly on the injuries though, because you, cause you you're, one of your bugbears is the injury report that we get weekly. Because uh, you're not happy. Because you don't like. See, I don't have a problem with that. And but don't they, do it. There's no info. Don't do it. Yeah, but if they they've got to do something. No, they don't.
1: No, they don't. No. All, for, they, all they all they have to do is a little thing that says, um, blah 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 blah, two to three weeks, blah blah blah, round three. Not this going through the. Oh, I see of course they know they go through their programs. They're not sitting in <laughs> fucking pub. I mean, they might be in the toilet at the bloody Delaney, but you know... <laughs>
0: Now i see what you're saying yeah no i, I see because i like i was sort of a bit because i know they gave the full video interview and they tried to make content out of it and i was just like i was like look i'd really prefer that you were spending more time on fixing the players and less time on doing your little videos. so i was happy to see the back of the videos but yeah you're right i guess what you're saying is is that you're sort of like Give me an
1: update is he has he improved this week is he the same as he was last week
0: yeah you know, no, you know, all right what I want, you know okay. No, you have convinced me, brother. Mate, what's your um, what's your long term fix for the Newcastle? Yeah, guys?
1: Long, long term is also the pathway, but to me it's not the pathways in terms of we develop the we produce the juniors. To me, it's the transition from juniors to seniors. We have to get that a lot better. And we, we have so many good players that we that just do not trans and it's shown by how poor our cup team is this year. Our cup team is on the bottom of the table with a minus eighty so minus one hundred and eighty something differential in ten weeks. Mm. and the next last is about minus 90. Like they, they, with the guys in that, there's a lot of top 30 players in that team, and they are, are horrendous. You know, they threw away a 14-point lead on the weekend against St. Georgia, also down the bottom of the table. We threw away a um a big lead against Canberra a few months ago at home in the same sort of situation. When we go away, we get absolutely wiped off the park. Um, So the, 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 there's no transition between the good Seventeen-year-olds then making it in a cup and then in NRL. We need to make that transition a lot better. We, a club that produces the juniors, we should do our cup thing should be good every week because those kids can just stay locally and play cup.
0: You um you got to watch a bit of the cup game or all of the cup game on Sunday beforehand, mate. You got to lay your eyes. Now I do apologise for my my um well I'm the new winger, uh, late um, here, Michael Drecki, Michael Yep. Um, but also uh, Dane Al. Or yeah, I'm not up. sure, I'm not sure. Yeah, my my sincerest apologies, everyone. I'm, I'm gunning for a job as a Fox Sports commentator. I can't pronounce them correctly. Um, but you had an opportunity to see them both play. Dane got a double. Um, for all intents and purposes, he looked uh, he looked good. He looked solid. You know, he came up to do a job and um, he played like a top 30 player.
1: Yeah, you know, he's 26 year old. He's at North Sydney who would be the benchmark of that competition. But three or four years because they're part of the Roosters system. You know, the Roosters have their own cup team. Roosters actually split between the Roosters and the Bears. Um, but he, he's every bit a really good cup player. He's a tremendous athlete. Huge. He's sort of tall. Um, you know, Big body. Strong rudder. Has a few errors in his game, which is obviously what's kept him you know, not making it through. Oh, but to be pure
0: Newcastle then.
1: <laughs> but to me, he's he's a worth throw at the stuff. so He's only on a a short-term 30 top 30 deal to try and get him up in, just as you know because we don't have any body type in our, in our club yep. so yeah you know, to me and he, he looked every bit the question is is he just a really great cap player or can he play nrl we don't know but to me that was a really smart bit of business
0: um i mean time will tell you know we'll see if he gets an opportunity obviously the idea is that um you know first grade plays so well that they don't provide that opportunity yep. but uh, we all know that that doesn't happen in a perfect world. Hey, um, I think that's it, mate. I think we've sort of uh, we've hit the end of uh, hit the end of the show. Another great, um, just good footy chat. And it's it's always, you know, when I was talking with uh, Nagy about this uh, last year, he said it's always easier to talk after a win. And um, you and I were sort of pointing out we only got to talk after six male men's wins <laughs> last year. So uh, we've uh, we've managed to make it to our fourth already. So hopefully there's plenty more to come. The men just need to keep winning until the NRLW starts. Correct. Yeah, correct. We've got to get this pre-season tournament out of the way for the NRL, the real correct. comp in the NRLW to start. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the week. Um, we'll, um, you know, go the nights on uh, Saturday. And, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody on the socials. Thanks, guys.